Hey, what's good everybody? LD here, Wellington Heights Community Church Worship Arts and Tech Coordinator. Thank you so much for tuning into our week three Advent series podcast. Before we jump into the message from Pastor Stephanie, I just have a few quick announcements for you as well as our scripture reading. Caregivers of young ones, a reminder that the Wellington Heights Community Church youth will be closing worship at Christmas Eve with song and dance. That Christmas Eve service is at 4 p.m. As the snow begins, which impacts street parking in Wellington Heights, there is additional parking available at the Harambee House on 4th Avenue, which is just one block away from the church. There will be no Sunday service on December 31st. We will meet back again in the new year on January 7th at 10 a.m. as we enter into a six-week focus on vibrant rest together as a community to embody the spiritual rhythm of Sabbath. This six-week series will allow time for communal gathering and embodiment of God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and renewal. Today's scripture reading is from Luke 1, 46 through 55. I'll be reading from the NIV version. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good morning. Here we are in the third week of the Advent season already. This season, we are considering how we as a community may embody the spiritual practice of wonder and awe as we find ourselves in the familiar or perhaps not so familiar story of the long-awaited birth of Jesus. The practice of wonder guides us to be in the moment, to be present with what is. For me, wonder is most accessible in new situations because I'm not familiar with what's around me and I don't have a history or a narrative about what is happening. Consider your experience traveling to a new city or seeing new landscape like the mountains for the first time. What are you doing? You're taking in the sights and the sounds around you, and if you're like me, you are filled with awe and wonder. Perhaps you spend some time in a particular place, like the mountains, and soon the wonder begins to fade as you get familiar with the surroundings and all that's around you. This season, in the Advent season as a faith community, we are considering how we can be present in the now and be filled with wonder at the coming of God with us. An important note on the focus of wonder is that it is not glossing over or denying the hardships that we or our local and global neighbors are experiencing. 
Rather, wonder is an invitation to connect with the divine and notice the glimpses of hope, peace, joy, and love among us. Let us look at our scripture passage from this morning, which was found from Luke chapter 1, verse 43, and ending at 55. Now, in the passage prior to our scripture reading, we see that Mary received unexpected news of her life changing in a pretty significant way. In this part of the passage, we learn that Mary's home is Nazareth, a rural small town in southern Galilee. And this town is so insignificant that it rarely appears in historical accounts. We see that Mary is a young teenager who is engaged to Joseph. Now, Mary's social standing is already quite low, and the news of her pregnancy outside of wedlock is guaranteed to lower her status and marginalize her even further. But just like God always does, there was a great reversal at play. Mary, a teenage girl who was seen as without much to offer, received the divine assignment to be the mother of Jesus, another example of the upside-down kingdom of God. In our home, we value embodying wonder and curiosity. In our parenting and how we approach the sacred text, what it looks like to love God, ourselves, one another, and our community. We often have conversations of our wonderings in our home. And just a few weeks ago, my son Miles, out of nowhere, said, I wonder who was the dude that wrote the song, Mary Did You Know? I responded, I'm not sure. We'll have to look that up. And Miles then responded passionately, I do not like that song. Mary did know. She was smart and understood what the angel was saying, and she was even joyful in hard times. Miles then went on to say, it really bothers me that women still aren't listened to or believed and assumed that they don't know. Now, can I get an amen for that? Yes. Let us also get curious like Miles and wonder. I have some wonderings as I read and listened to our scripture passage from this morning. I wonder how Mary must have felt when she was told by an angel that she would be the mother of the long-awaited Messiah, that she would be responsible for raising and nurturing the Savior. I wonder how Mary felt about the journey through pregnancy, all the physical hardships that it may bring, and in this time and place of the marginalization of being pregnant without being married. How do you think you would respond? I would no doubt find the responsibility completely overwhelming. Maybe I'd instantly be overcome with worry of all the practical details. Maybe I'd go into a scarcity mindset. Maybe I'd even attempt to respectfully decline the responsibility altogether. That's why Mary's response to the angel's announcement is so remarkable. Here's Mary, a young teenage, soon-to-be mother, and she responds with humility and reverence. We see in the text that Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Deep change presents us with the reminder that we are not in control of life. Things happen that we cannot predict or prevent or control. 
These changes may be joyful or heartbreaking or perhaps a little bit of both. Either way, we learn to adapt to the situation. Something that is frequently shared with one another in our home is that we cannot control what happens to us or how people treat us, but we can control how we respond. Like Mary, we are without a script in the story that God is writing. Mary recognizes that she is about to give birth to a change that she can only dimly understand. It's important to remember that we get the advantage of reading this story in the Holy Scriptures where we know the end result. They did not know what was going to happen, just like us as our stories are currently being written. For those of you who are like me and appreciate a plan or knowing details, it's important to notice that what Mary is told is a vision of what is to come, a description, not a step-by-step guarantee of how people will respond or how specific details of how things will go. Mary's task was simply to be faithful, and she does this accepting the uncertainty that comes with change and with waiting. Over and over again, I am in awe of how Mary responds. It's not written in the gospel text, but as a mother, I'm curious to know whether in the waiting period of Mary's journey, that the trust and excitement she embodied wavered at moments. We know that she accepted the role of Jesus's mother joyfully. But in my curiosity of the real-life implications of this news, I can imagine some moments where this wavering of trust and excitement may have hit. Wonder with me. Consider with me. Was there an ending of the spiritual high of the angelic announcement and moments in her life of the uneasy, queasy feeling of actually having to go through all the real-life physical details of this divine assignment and proclamation? like the complete exhaustion from pregnancy. Maybe she had moments of depression that may have been present for being pushed down and marginalized even further in society because of this pregnancy and divine calling. Do you think maybe she had moments of anxiety, wondering what Joseph, her fiancé, would think of all this and wondering, would he stick around? I wonder if she had moments where she felt overwhelmed by how much motherhood requires from a woman. I wonder if she felt worn out from enduring the gossip and the chatter about her pregnancy. And I wonder if she, like women today, are tired of people not listening to her or believing her because she's a woman. Despite all of these real-life pieces of her divine calling, that we can easily and often forget about. Mary's response was to praise God, despite what certainty and unease she may have been experiencing. Mary's praise of God, which is often referred to as the Magnificat. Renita Weem states this about the Magnificat, which we read together as a community this morning. Not only is the Magnificat significant because it is known as the Song of the Poor, The Magnificat is also important because of what it tells us about Mary. 
It portrays Mary as a woman of deep passion. She expresses her gratitude to God for working wondrously on her behalf and for doing so not only for her, but for all others like her as well, particularly the lowly and the poor. Whether life brings us moments to rejoice or presents us with challenges in which we we need to adapt to with all our coping skills, we trust that God is with us each step of the way. Mary gave us an example of how, amid adversity, rejection, poverty, persecution, all the tears and uncertainty she had to face while carrying Jesus in her womb, she embraced what was being asked of her with great joy and humility. Maybe right now you're finding yourself asking why and how to God and to your loved ones right now. Maybe you're up at night wondering how God will make a way. I invite you to continue wondering those things and leaning into God with your questions. The longest night and the shortest day of the year this year is on Thursday of this week. And on this evening, I invite you to consider lighting a candle and taking some moments to honestly acknowledge how you are holding up. I love using the examine prayer as a guide for myself in reflection and prayer. And families, I invite you to consider using the rose bush examine on this night. You might be wondering, what exactly is this? So we can do this together right now. Picture a rose bush. I see three significant pieces. It has roses, thorns, and buds. And then let that image guide you in thinking this way. Roses can represent joyful experiences. Thorns can represent painful and challenging experiences. And the buds are possibilities for growth, for new life, for new hope. Spend some time reflecting and asking one another what roses, thorns, and buds did your day, your week, or this past year hold? On this third week of Advent. May we remember that deep joy doesn't gloss over the hardship, or it doesn't not come with unease. It comes through the stretching and the expanding of our capacity to keep moving forward. Consider the process of motherhood in all of its divine and diverse forms. And what keeps mothers moving forward It's in the face of the discomfort that mothers know that it is leading them to new life. And it is bearable because of that deep hope and joy. May we remember that new life is coming. Let us wait together in the week ahead with hope, with peace, with joy, and with love. Let us pray together a prayer based on the magnified. Let us pray together. Our souls magnify the Lord, and our spirits rejoice in God. For God looks with favor upon us and sees our unrealized potential. Like Mary and all who have said yes to God, we stand here today and add our assent to theirs. Like Mary, we feel overwhelmed 
We wonder if we are worthy or capable of following the calling. Like Mary, we have our questions and we will not be afraid to ask them. Like Mary, we feel lonely, unsure if anyone recognizes the burden we are carrying. Like Mary, we will hear and ponder the assurance that God will empower us. Like Mary, we will strive to say, let it be with us according to your will. So whatever God is inviting of us at this time in our lives, in relying on God's grace, we say yes. Amen. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's podcast. Before we go, I want you to consider giving the gift of community flourishing and development. All end-of-year gifts will go towards the Flourishing Neighborhood Index. You can learn more about that on our website. It will be launching in 2024. Pastor Stephanie Carter said in a recent Council Development Committee meeting, This is a process that equips organizations and neighbors to gather data while building neighborhood collaboration and facilitating communal decision-making. So if you live or work in the Wellington Heights area and are interested in being a part of this process, email stephanie at wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org. And a reminder, there will not be Sunday service on December 31st, but we will join back together on Sunday, January 7th at 10 a.m. Again, thank you for tuning in. Have a blessed day.